Welcome to The Wonder Podcast with Chrissy Dunham and Lisa Clark. Chrissy is a woman's minister, speaker, and always the life of the party. Lisa is an author, Bible teacher, and likes to laugh with Chrissy. They've teamed up to give you hope, encouragement, and hopefully a laugh or two. Now grab a cup of coffee, pull up your favorite chair, and enjoy this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Wonder Podcast. We are so excited that you have joined us today, and we pray that this podcast will encourage you, it will draw you closer to the Lord, and that you will enjoy hearing from people from all walks of life. And we try to have a variety of guests on, from moms to uh, career people, to pastors' wives, to all kinds of people, uh, single girls. And we want to hear all kinds of stories and get to know people better in hopes that it will encourage you and that it will drive you closer to the Lord. So my name is Chrissy Dunham, and I am here with my co-host, Lisa Clark. Lisa, what's going on this day? Hey, Chrissy. Oh, uh, not, not a whole lot. Just kind of been doing some things around here and enjoying the sunshine and thinking about the Wonder Podcast. So it's a good, it's That's been right. a good day. It is a good day. Anytime we do a Wonder Podcast. Today, I am thrilled. And so is Lisa for our guest. Her name is Karen McNeese. And some of you may recognize that name and some of you may not. Uh, but Karen and her husband, Greg, were on staff at Prestonwood, I think for five or six years. And I got to know them there. And I mean, God broke the mold when he made Greg and Karen McNeese because they are a delight. She is the perfect pastor's wife because she's got a little bit of rebel in her. She is a great cook. <laughs> She is a great person of hospitality. I remember her doors were always open. And Lisa, you may not know this, but we tried to hire her to make Abby's reception groom's dessert for her wedding. Oh, really? He wanted this special Paula Deen's cheesecake explosion. And it's difficult to make. And I'm like, oh, Karen can do that. We'll just pay her to do it. She's such a great cook. And she looked at us like we had five heads when I asked her <laughs> if she would do it. And our sweet chef at the time at Prestonwood actually did it for us. But that's the kind of person Karen is. Like she would help anybody and do anything within reason, of course. Yeah. Um, well, I remember but- Chrissy, the first time I met Karen was through you because you had, when you were at the Dallas campus of Prestonwood, you had a night, a Christmas night. I forget what it was now, but there was like different panelists or something. And we each shared different things. And she was your hospitality person, Christmas gal that night she and was, she gave she all was. kinds of help, helpful hints and decorating and cooking and all of that. Do you remember that Karen? I do. And you all are making me laugh. I, I cannot remember yesterday and you all are remembering all that. And it's so fun to think about that. Well, you have left an impression on my heart and you are a treasure to me, mainly because you're from Oklahoma Right. God placed you in my life and I'll never, ever forget you. And I love the McNeeses and I'm excited that you're here today. So let's start out with giving a little history about you and Greg. 
you know, I know you always worked in churches and you are even branded, if you will, to be a children's minister. So kind of start from, you know, y'all's career point and how you got back to Oklahoma. So true. Thank you both for asking me to be with you today. I listen to your podcast and enjoy it. And I always sit in awe when I listen to those guests that you have. So to sit here and be able to visit with you truly is an honor. And I'm very humbled by that. So thank you. So you're right, Chrissy. I, I'm the one in our marriage that went to seminary. Greg did not. So I don't know if that makes me closer to the Lord <laughs> or, or not. But you're, I felt called to ministry as a teenager. And I did not grow up in a ministry home or pastor's home, I should say. And I thought when I was called that I was like going to be a missionary to a remote place. I didn't know that there were other things. But the Lord began to show me and cultivate me and I went to seminary and did a religious education degree and was a children's pastor for some time. And I had been the one to be on church staff while Greg was at Lifeway and we did some other things in Arizona and whatnot. But then kind of the roles reversed and Greg was called uh, to a church early in our marriage uh, in Oklahoma City, which was a return back home for us where he was minister of education. So I got to be the minister's spouse. You know, he had been in that role uh, as a helpmate. But it was fun to kind of switch those roles and walk alongside him as he was on staff. I love that. And you guys then ended up at Prestonwood and you moved your family here. And Greg was an education minister and did a lot of different things at Prestonwood. And then one day I just hear, oh, my goodness, the McNeeses have resigned And they're headed back to God's country, Oklahoma. (laughs) What in the world has happened to my friends? So walk us through that journey. Sure. We enjoyed our time at Prestonwood. And it was such an experience that we just never even dreamed that we would get to do something like that. And, you know, you never know how long you'll be someplace. But when we went to Prestonwood, I had always prayed that my kids would be able to finish school there. Uh, They were young. Well, I say young. They were fifth grade and second grade when we went. And I wanted them to be able to be in one place uh, through high school kind of thing. And God did answer that, even though we left Prestonwood uh, before Jackson graduated, because at the time he was at Prestonwood Christian Academy and they had a online component. And so Jackson was able to graduate from PCA. So the Lord answered my prayer. And it's so fun to watch how the Lord does that. Right. His ways are not our ways. But we can never second guess that. So our time at Prestonwood was incredible. As you know, it's a multifaceted kind of ministry. And it was the kind of equipping that Greg needed to have in order to come to Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. Of course, at the time, we didn't know that's what the Lord was doing. We had no idea that this would even be a possibility. We weren't looking for that or anything. So as we walked through just our time, I always say we were there 10 years, Chrissy. You said we were there five or six years. Greg tells me we were there about eight or nine. So I don't really know how long we were at Prestonwood, but it was a good time while we were there. Uh, it's, it's funny how time just becomes, I don't know, kind of non-existent sometimes in my mind. But we were at the main campus and then um, we went to the north campus and just the way Greg Uh, was asked to be involved in things at Prestonwood really was an equipping and a refining for what the Lord would bring us to at Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. 
And when you can look back, you ladies know this, when you can look back and see how the Lord prepared you for what he placed you in, you cannot do anything but sit in awe and go, I cannot believe we get to do this. Yeah. And we talk about that all the time uh, in person, Chrissy and I do, as well as on the podcast. But when you're going through it, it doesn't seem like a straight and narrow path. It seems like a jumbled mess sometimes. And you're wondering what in the world is God up to? But when you can look back and you see his hand all over it and you see the big picture like he sees, it's such a blessing walking with the Lord. And you, you grew up wanting to be a missionary, Karen. And then you went to seminary and, and all of that. And you married um, what ultimately was a pastor and you've been in pastoral ministry, but you end up here in this place where you're serving the least. And right. so, but you're also, and I always find this very intriguing with women in ministry because your primary calling is to your home and your family and yet you're simultaneously serving the least or serving in ministry. How has it worked in your life? Just talk from your perspective of how you've balanced those things. The balance is hard, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, when we look at it, yeah. And you're right. I I do feel like my primary responsibility is at the home. And, and, and that's where I find contentment. That's where I'm rejuvenated. Um, and it's not just to serve my little people of four. It's really to open our home, to bring people in uh, and to because I think there's a lot of ministry that can happen there as well. When you put feet under the table and you eat together and you relax together, there's a lot of ministry that can happen there just for openness uh, to share truth with one another, to share hurts or burdens with one another. So I do love to be able to use our home that way. But then when I, you know, we are empty nesters right now, which is a weird thing, but enjoyable at the same time. Yes. And so I think part of that is to keep that home peaceful and inviting and whimsical so that when Greg comes home after a day of really giving of himself fully, that he can come home to a place of peace and joy and rest. But then to be able to walk with him at, at work, whether that's um, Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children has five uh, pregnancy centers, four residential campuses and residential campuses, meaning children come and live uh, in the care of Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. And just to be able to go on campus and visit with house parents or visit with administration or even up at the office, just to walk in the, down the hallway and visit with the people that we get to work with, to bring joy, to bring laughter, to, to meet needs, to pray with one another, to be like a family together. You know, at the end of the day, we're just servants and we work to serve one another and we work to serve those who, who come to us in their time of need. But it's, um, it's tiring, as you all know, it can be tiring, but it's a good tired. You know, isn't that, that like an oxymoron? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, never tire of getting to do what the Lord calls you to do. Amen. I love it. It's right. You're exactly right. So tell us about these children's homes and all of this. Uh, we educate us, educate us on what it is, how many children you're responsible for living in those facilities, and just give us the lowdown on the whole ministry. 
Sure. Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children uh, serves the state of Oklahoma. We received no state or federal funding. So all the money that it takes, which it takes a lot, is either raised through private donations, supported through churches and cooperative program, which is just an amazing thing that Southern Baptists do to work together uh, within the state of Oklahoma. We have four campuses across the state. Children can be placed. When Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children first started, we were a true orphanage. And now, you know, we don't really have orphans like what used to be like in 1903 or 1904. But Greg says, and it's a great description, we have what would be called social orphans. Perhaps parents are incarcerated. They're in drug use. Um, They've left the picture and the children are left to grandparents to raise and grandparents can no longer raise them or whatever. So uh, we are private placement, meaning a family can choose to have their children or child come to Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. Or we do have children who are placed by us from DHS. And and I know I just said we don't take state or federal funding and we don't, which is a win-win for DHS when they know that we are a safe place for children to come and live. And so we have uh, the four in the state of Oklahoma, and and I think we can sleep like over 200 children a night. Some come for a very short time. Uh, Some come with us when they're young and they graduate with us. Uh, I know. And once they graduate, we're like a family. You don't kick your children out when they turn 18, right? We have a place called transitional living on each of our campuses where those children, once they graduate, they can move to our transitional living and they continue to get equipped for what they need, job skills, education, that sort of thing. So we walk with a child and their family for as long as they need. And those children live in a cottage with house parents, up to eight children per cottage. And that those house parents, they run that cottage like you run your family. They pray together, they work together, they study together, they go on vacation. Um, They do all the things a family does, and they're demonstrating what it means to live as a family, to love unconditionally, and share the love of Christ. So we are unashamedly and unapologetically Christ-centered. That's amazing. And I... It's just so interesting because I love the part you said about they're a family. And I think that's what every child needs to just develop himself or herself and to figure out who they are. And that's our first community that God gives us is family. And when that's taken from you for whatever reason, you need that. And so you guys have replaced that for them in the best way you can using the tools that you have in place and the knowledge and the funding. It's incredible. And I, I, I'm wondering, as you were talking about it, are, is adoption ever something that you guys are able to facilitate? Yes. So our hope is always that a family unit can be reconciled right. and working right. towards that reconciliation. But, you know, sometimes that does not happen. Right. And so, yes, there are times when uh, children are adopted. And so that's a great thing when they, when the, is that not a beautiful picture Yeah. Uh, of just what we see in scripture, we're all adopted right into the family of God yes. when we follow Christ. So there are occasions, yes, where children are adopted uh, who have come into Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children. Wow. That is quite the job. 
And Greg <laughs> is the president over all of that and keeping all of that running and providing homes. And I love your expression of keeping feet under the table uh, and taking care of those children, just like we would take care of our own. And those parents of those cottages, what a calling on their life and what a world changer they are and that they are changing the next generation. I Love that. That is amazing. You know, it's really like they are, I would say they are missionaries. They are on mission uh, and they do have a calling to serve. And those who work in the pregnancy center, obviously it's a different type of ministry, but reaching out, we, we have the mission field before us. And with Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children, many times that mission field is walking through our door. So to be prayed up, ready expectant for what the Lord has called us to do and to do that fervently. It's an amazing job that we get to do. And I just never, ever dreamed that the Lord would allow us to do a ministry like this. Awesome. I love it, Karen, that you um, experienced this basically when y'all became empty nesters. And that was a gift from the Lord, wasn't it? To be able to just fill your plate with this at that, at the second half of your life. Right. Absolutely. Without a doubt, we're able to do things that we would not be able to do when you have children in the home and, and your schedule's different and you know how that goes. So absolutely. It, it is a blessing. So tell us about the pregnancy centers and how that interacts with the children's homes or do they, or it's interesting that those two come together uh, under y'all's responsibility. It is absolutely. So we have um, three, let's see, five pregnancy centers in the state of Oklahoma, as well as a mobile unit uh, that serves the people of Oklahoma. It does seem kind of odd. So it's kind of like a big umbrella and underneath the umbrella of OBHC are the different ministries. And so if I'm not mistaken, If Greg were sitting here, he would either give me the nod, yes or no. I believe that OBHC is the largest provider of pregnancy center work in the state of Oklahoma. I could be wrong on that, but I would have to fact check myself. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's pregnancy pregnancy center work is hard work. Uh, They are on the front lines of people making life changing decisions every day. You know, those moms and dads who walk through the door are hurting and they're scared. They don't know where to turn. And so to be there in their most vulnerable time and to give truth, we all want to hear truth. And so that's what the pregnancy centers do. And they will walk with a family unit, that mom and dad for, uh, through pregnancy until the time of birth. And then up to a year afterwards, the family can come and be ministered to and their needs met in very unique ways. It's quite incredible. That is awesome. And that is a huge ministry. Have you ever seen adoptions take place at your pregnancy centers? So when adoption, when a family wishes to adopt, we do refer out Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children does maintain an adoption license. And I'm at this point speaking over my head because that's all I know. (laughs) Um, But when a mom and or dad wish to uh, 
choose life, but place their child into a different family, we do refer uh, to different adoption agencies for them to walk that process. What a huge responsibility. Yeah, it is. I bet when Greg lays his head down at night, it just spins. Falls asleep so quick because he's stressed. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, and it's such a great reminder to any wife, no matter what your husband does, of what Karen talked about earlier, to provide a refuge, to provide a place of peace, a place of joy, a place of calmness and sometimes even quiet, just for them to decompress from their day and to just have some time. And I love that. And that is such an important piece of a wife's responsibility, no matter what your husband does. That is such a great reminder. It was a great word. It was a great word. And I I love that too. And I want to transition from the work you guys do to your home, because you've already said se- several things, Karen, and I, and Chrissy had already mentioned that you are, are the queen of hospitality and you love to bake and cook. And you said several things um, that just showed that already. I loved when you said, put, put feet under the table. And that's just the best feeling in the world is when there's feet under our tables. <laughs> and also you said a whimsical home. So let's talk a little bit about your home and as an empty nester and what you do and maybe some of your favorite recipes, You de- what favorite holiday to decorate for. Talk about all this whimsical home that you provide. Oh my goodness. Well, I, Greg always, he lives in the box and I kind of live outside of the box a little bit. So <laughs> I like, I love my home. So one of the whimsical ways, and this sounds so goofy, is just candles. Like I am kind of obsessed with candles and that smell, it takes you places in your mind mm. or it cal- to me, it calms. Like I am a fanatical about smell. So I, I wake up and I light a candle and I go to bed with blowing it out. I just burn it all day long. And I love that. I love open windows. I love music. Um, And because Chrissy did kind of hint to the fact that I might have a streak of rebellion in me, but in a good way, (laughs) I like loud music. I like all kinds of music playing. I like flowers and the home just to feel nestled in. Do you like that nestled feeling? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I like the door to be open. I live in the country, so I don't really get this like drop by visitors. I kind of wish I had that, but I love to be able to just have those drop by visitors where people can just stop in and have some tea and have a cookie or or a cheese stick or whatever it is that I have. It doesn't have to be fancy. I just like comfort. I love it. I'm I'm with you. I'm tracking with you, (laughs) and I want all of that. And I'm gonna stop by. Please stop by. What is your go-to meal that you would cook if someone stopped by to put feet under your table? Oh my. It would it be for lunch or dinner? (laughs) It would be it would be dinner. Dinner. But I'd have to first decide which dessert I wanted to make and then I would work into the meal. Okay. Um, (laughs) Because at my home, it's sad. We have dessert every night at least a little something. Isn't that terrible? No, I love it. Oh, I think I want to live with you. I I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe because I grew up and we didn't have dessert or it was 
on a quote special occasion. So I like to have dessert. So if I knew you were coming, Chrissy, I would probably make a chocolate chip bundt cake with frosting. And I love salad. So we would have a salad, but I like the fruity kind of salad that has like the mandarin oranges and craisins and pecans or almonds. I love that too. Yeah. Don't you though? Yes. I do too. Vinaigrette. Mm, So good. Yes. I love that. And then from there, that's where I get. So I would probably try a new recipe. Oh. Because here's my thinking on that. If you come to my home and you're not a regular you don't really know what I cook anyway. So I might as well try a new recipe and we can try it together and really determine if we like it or not. Well, all right then. I'm kind of, I'm a creature of habit. If I know someone's coming, I've got to cook something. I know that's going to be good. That's going to feel like home. That is that home feel that I know is going to be good guaranteed every time. Every woman that. that has a baby and I sign up for a meal, they're going to get poppy seed chicken, green beans, Sister Schubert rolls, and brownies. That is my kind of meal. I must tell you, I do love chicken and dumplings, but that's a good one. I love poppy seed chicken. But if I was going to go to my go-to meal, I think it would probably be grilled chicken with Monterey Jack cheese, a little bit of bacon, and some green chilies on top. I like that. I might serve that to you. Wow. Now, I know that when you lived in Dallas, you had a website called Baking Mom, and you did all kinds of stuff, and we followed you, and you had recipes out there, and then some things, a change happened in your family, and you had to change the way you cooked. So talk to us about that. You are so right. You've got a great memory, Chrissy. So my son was uh, perfectly healthy, went to school got sick. And that started about a six week journey of trying to figure out what had happened. And the Lord was really, really gracious and put us with a doctor that knew exactly what was going on. And the long and short of the story is my son was diagnosed with celiac disease when he was a freshman in high school and Hashimoto's disease. So we went from eating poppy seed chicken and sister Schubert rolls to gluten-free And of all the things that it could have been, I am so thankful the Lord let it be celiac because that is curable by following a gluten-free diet. He doesn't have to be on medicine for the rest of his life or anything along that line. So it's easy, except it's hard. And so we have spent the last seven years, I guess, perhaps learning how to live gluten-free in a normal lot, in a normal way. So that's what we do now. We are totally gluten-free and, and he is healthy. I love it. That's a good feeling. Yes, it is. He asked me, I don't know, he was in high school and he said, mom, when I go off to college, are y'all going to go back to eating gluten-free? You're going to add some gluten to your life? (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was a funny thing. And, you know, I, and I, it was kind of caught me off guard. I said, you know what, this is what we do. If it were something else, it would be our family journey. And so no, because we want to do what's healthiest for you. And so we've maintained our gluten frame. We've done it so long now that truly, if we eat gluten, we don't feel, feel great. Yeah. Yeah, we really do. So it's just easier. It. Okay. Well, that's, that's amazing. And you're, you're an incredible mom. And I, 
love everything that you said about your home, but also just the ministry and what you guys are doing as a team, you know, you and Greg are a team and what he does, you do and what you do, he does. And so that's how marriage works, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, thank you, Karen, for being on the podcast today. And uh, we appreciate you sharing with us and uh, all the encouragement, but also we'll be praying for your ministry. Thank you. We are blessed to be here. And thank you for letting me come on and visit with you all. God bless you. We love you. Love y'all. Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate it. If you like what you heard and were encouraged, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because your recommendation for our podcast brings us great joy and it helps others find out about us. And if you are able to help support our podcast ministry, we would absolutely love that. You can go to chrissydunham.org and click the link to the party table. No donation is too small. We are so thankful for you. God bless.